Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. (laughs) I'm laughing because I am just thinking about the shit that I saw with my significant other literally yesterday. And I said in the last episode that I was going to talk about it, and by God, we're talking about it. Madam Webb, oh my goodness, where do I begin with this train wreck? I'm not going to beat around the bush here. I really am not. It was bad, okay? It, It was bad. I said this on my TikTok video where I said that I wanted to go and see this movie with an open mindset. And I said that, We knew what the Rotten Tomatoes score was. We knew that it was not one person from what I've seen actually highly praised it. And I thought to myself, okay, it can't be that bad. And I saw it and I'm like, oh, dear Lord, you thought Morbius was pretty bad? (laughs) Morbius said, hold my beer, or this movie said, hold my beer. And (laughs) that's the way to it. It's so funny, really, because... The same as the Marvels, the writing was on the wall for this movie to fail. And I feel like it's at the point where we have to look at the creatives that makes the decision to make these movies and makes the decision to actually green light for these movies to actually take place where they don't really care about the source material. They don't care about the fans. They don't care about storytelling. They don't care about any of that stuff. How could they? All they care is about making the money, the moolah. And they probably thought, hey, we're doing a Sony cinematic universe that that revolves around Spider-Man and his characters. Therefore, we need to expand the rogue gallery and focus on a side character that really is not important to begin with. So let's choose Madam Web and let's choose the actress that was known for Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, that'll get people to come in and watch our movie. (laughs) Oh my goodness. But I will say this though. I will say this. I give them some partial credit. I really do. Because this movie has reached a level where I did not think it was ever going to go. It's worse than the Marvels. It's worse than Morbius. It's worse than... Oh my goodness. What's another one that came up with? Uh, Ant-Man 3. I mean, it's worse than almost all of them combined. But at the same time... I Even though I knew it was going to be bad... And I say this from time to time. Sony movies, for me, are a guilty pleasure... There's something about the Sony movies right now that has been going on for a few years where if we know that it's bad, let's find something, something to enjoy, something to take away from the movie and all of a sudden just like, just like have fun with it. Just be like, okay, it was the worst piece of crap that I've ever seen, but let's just enjoy it. As I'm rethinking about this movie, because I've only seen it once, me and my significant other, we only saw it once. I still can't picture what I really cared about. I mean, by the way, just to let you know, spoilers ahead. So, 
you know me. If I know a movie is really bad, I'm going to talk spoilers. If it's really good, I'm going to encourage you to go see it. Don't go see this movie. Wait for it to come out on streaming, if anything. If you want to have a laugh with your friends or your family or whatever the case may be with a sushi and a popcorn, hey, more power to you, my friends. More power to you. There was a scene in the movie where I believe it was a, it was a not even a reference to the first Spider-Man movie back in 2002, but there was a reference where she was about to climb up a wall in her apartment because she realizes, oh, this guy, this villain, Ezekiel Sims, has spider-like powers. So therefore, if she has the power of a spider, then maybe she could do the same thing. So she jumped on the wall and just... <laughs> just it busted her ass and just came straight down. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I bust out laughing. And I'm like, this was written by writers that are making a shit ton of money right now that are professional writers in Hollywood. They wrote that for this movie to happen. And before I continue on, I feel so bad. I really do. I feel so bad for Dakota Johnson. I feel so bad for Sidney Sweeney and anybody else that has been tricked to do something like this. Now, it happens a lot in Hollywood. It really does. Where an actress or an actor or whoever it is, a, a, a an acting talent, so to speak, where they would be pitched an idea to do a movie. And this doesn't happen all the time, but it happens, you know, in many, many cases where they would get tricked to do a movie, and they're pitched the idea that they could be part of something larger, something spectacular. And I remember I spoke about this before, even on my TikTok videos, where someone came to them and put the idea in their heads that they were going to be part of the MCU, that they were going to be part of the Marvel franchise. Little behold, that was not the case. Because soon after the trailer dropped, and the trailer got torn to shreds with so many dislikes, pretty much as many dislikes as you can from likes to dislikes ratio. She then complained online and then tagged the Marvel Studios. The studios that has nothing to do with this movie whatsoever, she went ahead and tagged them. Which means that she believed that the MCU, the company under Disney, was able to greenlight this and has lied to her, manipulated it brainwashed into thinking that she was going to be part of this. And it's really not. It's really not the case. This movie, in my opinion, is the personification of the creatives just not giving a shit over the source material. They don't give a shit about storytelling. They don't give a shit about the fans. They definitely don't give a shit about the, about the characters themselves. You have a character, Cassandra Webb, played by Dakota Johnson. And... I've seen tons of references on this, and even a friend of mine that texted to me and told me, this is essentially, if you truly think about it, this is essentially the Terminator in a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man in it. That's exactly the way and how he phrased it, and that's exactly what this movie was. That a character, a bad guy, is trying to kill off these three Jane Connor type characters that is one day going to kill him, that is one day going to take away his life. And then you have Cassandra Webb, that's essentially the Terminator herself without killing anybody, that is supposed to protect these three individuals. And that's the entire movie. That's literally the entire movie itself. It's pretty much a rescue mission. 
in the shittiest way possible. And yet, I'm looking back on it now. I'm rethinking about it in my head. And there were so many decisions that could have been done where they could have maybe done something different. For one thing, you saw the trailers, and I even said it myself when I saw the trailer the first time. I thought, hey, Sydney Sweeney and the other two ladies, their costumes look fantastic. Their costumes look exquisite. Hell, I can't wait to see them kicking ass in the movie. And yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> that was a flash, not even a flashback. That was a, um, a, a, a dream sequence. Yeah, it was a dream sequence. It was a... It, it, it was, a, it was a, a moment of what could happen in the future. And they appeared again in the future at the ending of this movie. So if you truly think about it, maybe in the entire spectrum of the movie, we got to see them in those costumes for a total of three minutes, maybe less than that. And you're thinking, oh, 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 wow, what a terrible way to market to your fantastic spider people, spider fans, and without giving us Spider-Man in it once again. And of course, we understand. I'm pretty sure now that I think about it, I'm sure there was a a lot of contractual obligations where you could not say Peter Parker. You could not say May Riley. You can't say Aunt May because those are still taken by the MCU with Tom Holland himself. So you couldn't say those names. And there were so many times where they were alluding to that because you had Peter Parker's family, his mom, and his uncle Ben in the movie. And they could not say Peter Parker's name. They could not say Aunt May or May Riley. They couldn't say any of that stuff because it was a contract. They couldn't say that shit. So I'm like, oh, what a great way to tease us with something, and there it is. And I spoke earlier about, I know I'm jumping around here a little bit, but I said earlier about the characters, dude, Cassandra Webb is a fucking asshole. (laughs) She's a bitch. (laughs) She's very anti, I don't know if she's anti-human, or if she's very... Like, she's very antisocial where she doesn't like people that much and she doesn't like kids, which I get it. It was due to her upbringings on her mom died and she grew up in a foster family or in a foster care and she doesn't really connect to children that much. So she's very weird and she's very awkward when it comes to other people's family and when it comes to kids, which is why... She was having a hard time bonding with these three young girls, these three teenagers that whose lives are in jeopardy, whose lives are being attacked and are being targeted by this spider guy or whatever the case may be. But the whole time I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, but you're a paramedic. So it shouldn't matter how you feel about people. Your job is to save them, right? And... Am, am I am I going crazy here? Like, as a paramedic, the I'm getting tongue-tied and twisted here, but your entire training of your life to become a paramedic is to save people. It shouldn't matter who the person is. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, young, old, baby, whatever. Your job is to save people. So when you know that these three characters whose lives are being targeted and whose lives are being essentially in danger, because that's what they are, their lives are in danger, 
She comes out of the woodworks and she goes, no, 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 I, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. She brings him to a hotel. I can't deal with this. Your parents are going to have to deal with this. Your parents are going to have to deal with this. And I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck here? <laughs> Your job is to protect them. <laughs> Your job is to help them. <laughs> and the three and the three girls, granted, they all have their own unique personality you can tell them apart in a way but you really don't know anything about them aside from the fact that you know a glimpse of who their parents are and why they became orphans and why they're becoming alone and maybe it's the web that holds them together see what i did there the web that holds them together for them to bond together and essentially survive this guy, this main villain that wants them dead because one day he sees in the future, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit too, where he sees in the future and, and and they're now bonding together and they have to find a way to survive with Cassandra Webb's help. And it's like, okay, well, if we're going to see them in the suits, maybe they're, they can fight back. And that's another thing. We only see them in the suits during a dream sequence and in a future vision, I thought, I, I honestly thought before me and my girlfriend went to see this movie, we thought, hey, we're going to see them in these suits. That means we're going to watch them kick ass. We're going to watch them, you know, maneuver their spider powers. It's not going to be exactly like Spider-Man, we understand. But maybe, maybe they can unite and they can band together to fight off against this guy. Where it's going to be an epic fight scene. None of that shit. None of it. And you're like, what the fuck? What the hell did I spend two hours of my life and, and money and, and, and popcorn and whatever to see a fight that's never even going to happen? Literally, it's, it's the entire action scene, if you can even call it that, is basically Cassandra Webb with her clairvoyant abilities... To anticipate what this guy is going to do. And the only thing that beats them is essentially damage from a rooftop. Like, let that sink in. She did not really beat him. The roof essentially caved in on him. And a sign from the Coca-Cola sign in New York City essentially caved in on him. And he fell to his death. And you're like, what the fuck? Now, I know how much bitching that I do almost in the past few weeks, and I always say every time when I watch a movie, what would I do to fix it? Wouldn't it have been better if Cassandra brings the girls to the Amazons and realizes, once again, that their lives are in danger? Wouldn't it be better that the, that, that, the Los Arañas, the spider people, essentially train them and give them their abilities? Or train them so that way they would know how to fight and know how to survive. Because this is their way of actually becoming what they are going to become in the future. Fucking mind blown. I mean, I'm not a professional writer. And it literally took me 30 seconds to come up with something better than what the Morbius writers came up with. That's another thing. This movie had five writers five of them what's the old saying too many cooks in the kitchen jeez louise i mean what are we doing here 
this movie is like I'm 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 baffled. I have no more words. I literally have no words at this point. And it's funny because I would think that maybe maybe if you're going to have a cinematic universe to connect all of the spider people together, I understand why Cassandra Webb Cassie Webb, Madam Webb is going to be the woman to do it. Because if you remember from the animated shows back in the 90s, that's what she did to bring all of the spider guys together. That was their own version of uh, Secret Wars or the Sinister against the Sinister Six. That was their own version against them, right? You had Spider-Man as Dr. Octopus. You had Ben Riley. You have original Spider-Man. You had uh, a few others that I can't remember off the top of my head. But my point is, it was Cassandra Webb that actually brings them together. And I thought, I thought that maybe there would be, by the way, there is no post credit scene on this one. I thought that there would be a post credit scene where Cassandra Kane, Cassandra Kane, we're not talking Batman here, Jesus, my bad. Cassandra Webb, I thought that maybe she would bring a spider character, maybe a Ben Riley, maybe... Silk, maybe someone else, another character that they're eventually going to bring in the spider universe of what Sony is doing, and you can incorporate it that way. Because at least we can have something to look forward to. At least we can be like, okay, this is the woman that's going to connect everyone together. This is the woman that's going to bring another live-action Spider-Man movie coming together. I understand you can't use Spider-Man. I understand you can't use Peter Parker. I get it. But maybe have something that relates to that. Nothing. Nada. Zippo. Goose. Donut. It's. It's baffling. It really is. And I'm trying so hard to look at the other side of the coin. I'm thinking so hard on. You know. Something that I enjoy. Something that I enjoy from this movie. I got nothing. I got nothing. If I have to... I don't even know if I want to rate this movie out of 10. I know someone on TikTok, I forgot his name, that someone gave it a 7, 7.5 out of 10, which, it's objective. I get it. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion, even myself. And he's like... It's something along the lines of he said was, well, it's an origin story. It's an origin story, so you can't really uh, blame the character for it. Here's the problem with that. If you have a story, it's okay if it's an origin story, but you have to have the story make sense. Because here's the thing that really doesn't make sense, which I almost forgot to mention here. So Cassandra Webb is clairvoyant. She sees the future. But the villain also sees the future because he saw his own death that relates to these three specific characters. So if he could see the future, and she can as well, wouldn't they cancel each other out? Just think about that for a second. If he could see the future, but then she could as well, wouldn't they be at a standstill against each other? Like, am, is there something that I'm missing here? 
oh no, wait, Garcia, don't worry about it. It he could only see his own future, but he can't anticipate the futures of other things of what may happen. It it's not like uh, what's the bitch's name from Twilight? Uh, 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 uh. I was about to say Lane or something. I, I don't know. The vampire lady from Twilight. It's not like her where she could see the future, but sometimes the future changes. That's not saying the future. It's called lucid guessing. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm becoming Lyle McDouchebag. Jesus Christ. Uh, a- an Abby? Abby? I don't fucking remember. I don't know. Anyway, the movie was a train wreck, and uh, it's most likely going to be the worst of the year. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Craven. I'm going to try to enjoy Venom 3 or Venom Cubed, as some people are calling it now. I, I honestly don't know at this point. So, at this point, it is what it is. If you want to go see it, maybe you'll enjoy it way more than I would. But to each their own, and you do whatever you want to do with your money. So, it's not good. I'm going to try to see if there is another way that I could look at this from a different perspective. Maybe the next time that I come back on the podcast, I'll probably talk about something that I did like, aside from the thing that made me gut-wrench laughing. But aside from that, I got nothing. I got nothing at this point. By the way, uh, I know there was a news thing that comes out, uh, that did came out, and it says something along the lines of, Dakota Johnson saying that she would return for a sequel. And a lot of people are already smashing her for it. And by smashing, I mean already shitting on her for saying that because the movie is bad and it's failing and it might not cross $150 million on the global global box office, yada, yada. Here's what you need to understand, especially when it comes to a lot of actors. When they know their movie is shit, but they're trying so hard to do some damage control and they're trying so hard to ensure to at least appease the minds of the fans, especially after they actually have gone see this movie. She has to do something to quell the fire here on this one. When she says things like, I would return for a sequel, what she really means is, I am contractually obligated to return for a sequel. And in most cases, a sequel happens if the first movie actually does well. Or decent. Or decent. If they don't, I don't think the studios would spend the money, the production money, to actually make a sequel if the first movie bombs so well. However, however, there's been many cases where I've been wrong on that. There's been many cases where I thought they would not make a sequel about something and I turned out to be mistaken. So, at this point, we're just throwing spaghetti on the wall, seeing what sticks. So, to each their own. Before I leave, I definitely want to talk about this a little bit. Uh, the Fantastic Forecast have finally been revealed. And a lot of people are just shitting on Pedro Pascal for becoming Reed Richards. And listen, guys, I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan. I know they're the first family and I know the show or movie or whatever it is is going to be in the 60s. But let's give Pedro Pascal a chance here. If you're tired of seeing Pedro Pascal because of The Last of Us, or because of Game of Thrones, or because of Wonder Woman 1984, or whatever else that you've seen him, give him a chance, will ya? Like, just give him a chance. I have no problems with him playing Reed Richards. I get kind of why they're doing it, but maybe the director or whoever it is saw something that maybe he could bring to the character of Reed Richards. 
You know, maybe he could be a bad guy for all we know. I don't fucking know. Give him a chance. Let him cook. Let's judge after we've seen the movie or show. Let's judge after the performance. Let's not judge too harshly right away. Anyway, let me go back to what I was saying. So, basically, we have the, uh, we have the, uh, well, I don't know why I'm getting brain fogged here. (laughs) I apologize for that. We actually have the cast of the Fantastic Four. And right away, it really dawned on me in terms of how this is going to be. So we got Pedro Pascal as Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards. We have Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm. Joseph Quinn, who played, you know, Andy. Not not Andy, I'm sorry. Um, Eddie. Eddie from the... Why? My brain is getting so fogged. I apologize. Uh, Stranger Things. There we go. We're getting Eddie from Stranger Things. He's going to be Johnny Storm, the Human Torch which I think is awesome casting. Some of you may not think so, but I think he is. And Ebon Mas Bakrak. Iman, Ebon Eben Ras Bakrak. Bakrak. Nailed it. He's going to be playing the thing. And uh, when the movie happens next year in 2025, July of 2025, I think they're going to do okay. You know, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. But I think they're going to do okay. So congratulations to the cast that has been casted for the Fantastic Four for Marvel's First Family. We'll see what happens next. Finally, the last thing I want to talk about is the X-Men 97 trailer. I think it looks cool. I really, really think it looks cool. I know that this happens after Professor X's death. I know that this is going to be a sequel to the 90s animation of the X-Men. And uh, I'm excited. I really am. I can't wait to see the voice work. That's what I'm really mostly excited for. Especially when I see animations and me being a voice actor. I'm mostly... The animation is cool. I want to see the voice work. I want to see who is the original cast coming back. Is it going to be a new cast? Is it going to be someone else? That's going to be playing Wolverine and Cyclops and Jean Grey and everybody. By the way, Jean Grey is pregnant. If you watch, rewatch the trailer again, Jean Grey is pregnant. So it might be, you know, Nate. It might be someone else. But it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens next. But overall, I am excited for the show coming out. And uh, there's going to be more things to look forward to. And that's neither here nor there. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you know what to do. Hit me up, voiceofgarcia.com, or email me directly, mike, at voiceofgarcia.com. Hit that subscribe button, like, follow, share, do what you gotta do so we can get the algorithm up for everyone to know that this show exists. It'll keep on trucking and keep on rolling. And I do, I will get back to doing YouTube shorts. I just need to get a good camera and have a better background. I know, I keep putting it off. And honestly, I'm a little scared. I'm I'm a little scared. But I gotta get over that fear. I gotta get over it. You know, when people want to see this ugly mug, I gotta give it to them. I gotta give this ugly mug away. (laughs) As always, guys. Tune in next time where we will talk more about comic book news, game shows, whatever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, uh, talk about it controversial or otherwise. I just butchered that up. I don't give a damn. Stay safe. Till next time. 
Go and join Madam Web if you are going to see it this weekend. If not, well, more power to you. I'm done. I'm through. See you next time. Peace out.